got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 46 this morning. I just want to share some thoughts with you out of, uh, we're going to stay in one piece of scripture this morning, um, kind of just hover right here. I know uh, during the weekend, if, you're, if you've been here for any amount of time, I love to throw out a ton of scripture. Um, I love to, as we're getting through our points and working through our points, um, especially when we're dealing with, with different topics and, and whatnot, we have a tendency to bounce around a lot. But this morning, I want to I just stay in one spot, camp there for a little while, and because uh, I, I think it really um, is an important part for us to understand and know as we begin this series, He Never he never stopped. And before we read the scripture, I want to just take a moment to, to let you know what this series is about. Um, I love the idea that is presented with this graphic here, that Jesus never stops. He never stopped. Come on, show of hands if we could just be real for a second here this morning. How many of you at one point or another wanted to give up? Come on. If we're, if we're all honest, look right, we're all in good company. At, at one point or another in life, in a moment, in a situation, we wanted to give up. Simply simply stop. And what I love about this season that we're entering into, the Easter season, is that we're celebrating the fact that Jesus never stopped. He kept on going. He kept on walking. He kept on pushing. He kept on breathing into the last minute when he said, it is finished. It is finished. Probably one of the most powerful moments in scripture. It is finished. He never stopped. And so this morning, as we Stand on the edge of what next weekend is, Palm Sunday. We're going to be talking about that next weekend, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Come on, it's, it's amazing that it's already on us. There's a piece of scripture that I've always been fascinated with, with, and it's the moment before Palm Sunday. It's kind of where the journey really started. And so Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52 says this, and they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd. Everybody shout, great crowd. Great crowd. Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called him. The blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Interesting point of fact, he was still blind as he started to run to Jesus. That would have been interesting to see. Just something in scripture that you may not have to think about. Verse 51. Some of you are getting the mental picture right now and you finally got it. Finally got it. Verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? It's an interesting question because the dude was blind. It's kind of self-explanatory what Jesus needed to do for him. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This morning as we begin our series, He Never Stopped, I want to speak to you from the subject, the distance in between. The distance in between as we look at the moments leading up to Palm Sunday, and more specifically what you and I can learn from them. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, that it's active, that it's powerful, that it has the ability to change us from the inside out. God, this morning, may this be an atmosphere of worship. As we read your word this morning, would you minister to our hearts? God, would you calm the storms in our life? Where there's fear and insecurity, God, would you bring your presence? 
would we stand secure with no fear? God, I pray that as we read your word this morning, that we would see you, that we would experience you, that we would know you in a more profound way as we come face to face with your furious love and grace. We honor you in this place this morning. We worship you in this place this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody said, amen. Do I have any fan, fans of road trips in here this morning? Come on, show hands. How many of you love to drive? How many of you this summer, come on, how many of you this summer is going to take a road trip at, at some point or another? We love road trips. But if you're like me, as much as I love road trips, I hate road trips. And this is why. Obscene amounts of driving. Right? And there's this, there's this moment on a road trip where you quickly realize, for me it's about two hours into the trip, where I wish that I had a teleportation device. You know what I'm talking about? That I could just simply click the button and end up in the place that I'm trying to go. I want, how many of you are like me? You want to get to the final destination as quick as possible. Right? Now I know there's some of you, the artistic ones in the house, right? Where you just love the drive. You're all about the drive. You like to look at the scenery and you love the peacefulness of the drive. But you're most times, often, the, you're not the one driving. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm Steve is like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Right? You're not the one driving. You're the one just staring out the window, enjoying the scenery. Unless you're like in that Kansas part of the, the state, and then there's just nothing to see. And so, but for most of us, the distance in between starting and stopping is a frustrating distance. Why? Well, there's a lot of time involved. There's a lot of frustration involved. For the parents in here, it's, are we there yet? I have to pee. Can I have a snack? Can you put on another movie? Right? What did we do in the days without TVs that fit in cars? I have no idea. Right? Maybe that's why my mom's crazy now. You never know. Right? <laughs> the distance in between. How many of you, I know this is a really basic question, but how many of you would agree with me that the moment you start something and then get to the finalization of it, it's a big distance sometimes, and it's hard. It's frustrating. This piece of scripture that we just read is the distance in between Jesus' final moments. The Bible tells us that he was leaving Jericho with a large crowd heading to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, we'll talk about this next week, as he enters in, he's going to ride in on a donkey and people are going to shout his name, praise him and worship him. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. We call it the triumphant entry, Palm Sunday. That's a pretty cool moment in Jesus' life. And from Palm Sunday, we're going to get to Good Friday, where we're going to experience the cross. He's going to die on the cross. He's going to be buried. And then we look forward to Resurrection Sunday, don't we? Now, come on. How many of you know that is a pinnacle moment in somebody's life? And especially Jesus, this is massive moments. These are massive moments. Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday is massive. But what about the distance in between? Jericho to Jerusalem. And that's where we find ourselves, right here in Mark chapter 10. Jesus walking with a large crowd from Jericho to Jerusalem. Now, the distance we can somewhat know is around about 18 miles. 18 miles that he had to walk from Jericho to enter in to Jerusalem. 18 miles. And it's always fascinated that, that it's always fascinating me that we have a tendency to zone in on Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday but we miss this moment right here. 
which is actually, to me, one of the most significant moments in Jesus' ministry because it teaches us a lot about who he was. And more importantly, who he is in our lives, who he wants to be in our lives. Jesus is the God of our in-between. And more importantly, Jesus knew how to manage his distance in between. And ultimately, in this moment, he would teach us how important the distance in between is. Because I would, I would venture to say many of us mismanage the distance in between our then, our then and our now, potentially, or our then and our, our past. The distance in between is frustrating for us. Some of us in here, we've got our one-year plan, right? We got our three-year plan. We got our five-year plan. And for the overachievers in the house this morning, you've got 10 years mapped out, right? All the analytical people, you see the future. And for most of us in here, a lot of us, we're consumed with the future, aren't we? We're consumed with what is so far ahead of us. We actually spend amounts of time that are just ungodly in nature on time that hasn't even arrived yet. Come on. We spend so much time focusing on time that we haven't even experienced yet, missing time that we should be actually engaging in because we're so focused on time that won't come our way yet. It's the distance in between. The question is, and what Jesus shows us, is how to deal with the distance in between. How to live in the distance in between because for a lot of us this is a frustrating issue. What is before us? Well, let me put it this way. How many of us has missed what's before us because we were so focused on what's in front of us? How many of us has not been able to handle what's before us because we're so focused on what's in front of us? My dad's here this morning. Hey, Dad. How are you? Good to see you. My dad was a uh, Navy recruiter. California when we lived there, and I used to go to the YMCA in Watsonville, California. It just sounds gangster when you say it. <laughs> and so our YMCA leader would take us out on these little journeys, and I remember this one time going to this park that was over by my dad's, and I don't even know if you know this story, but where my dad was in his recruiter's office, and it had big glass door and, and, and windows, and one day this line of kids is, is walking, and, and I see what I recognize, my dad's recruiting office, and, and I'm in the line, and I'm waving at who I thought was my dad, or maybe my dad was in there, and he could see me, and I'm waving, and I'm waving, and I'm walking, and I'm getting excited, failing to realize that all of the kids shifted right because there was a stop sign in the middle of the sidewalk, and this dude right here, no joke, is so busy waving that he misses the cue and right into the pole. This is my life, folks. <laughs> Have you ever missed what was before you because you were so focused on what was in front of you? And Jesus teaches us some pretty powerful stuff this morning that I want to key in on. That we learned from this moment with blind Bartimaeus about the distance in between. Because church, I want us this morning to walk out of here with an ability to handle the distance in between. To be able to work with the distance in between. To understand that God is the God of the distance in between. And some of us need to know that this morning because some of us believe that God is only our God when we get there, when we arrive. But I want to let you know the good news this morning that Jesus is Jesus in the midst of our in-between. It doesn't matter where you're at on the journey. He is with you in between. He's with you in between. 
And he shows us some fascinating things. The first one is this. Everybody shout number one for me. Number one, the first thing that we understand, the first significant truth that we learn from Jesus' distance in between is this. There's, a, there's always a moment before the moment. There is always a moment before the moment. Think about it. Here Jesus is on his way to what will be the final few scenes in his life. You could really say the pinnacle moments of his life. He's on his way to what we call the triumphant entry, Palm Sunday. I mean, if it was you and I, think about it. We'd be doing a lot of prep for our pinnacle moments, wouldn't we? Right? It's like getting ready for the ball, Cinderella. For your big moments. We get ready. We put on our Sunday best. For that big moment in life, maybe you, you, you do up your makeup, ladies. Or men, I know it's a new generation. Man bags and everything like that. If you have a man bag this morning, I love you. It's all right. We get ready for our pinnacle moments, don't we? And you would think, one would think that Jesus, he would be getting ready for his pinnacle moment. I mean, this is it. This is where prophecy has been leading to. This is where the storyline has been suggesting all along. And instead of rushing to get to his moment, there's a moment before the moment. Think about that. Because for a lot of us, wouldn't we rush to the moment? Come on, do you remember being in high school? Freshman year? What were you focused on? Graduating senior year. Like I couldn't wait for that day. Some of you are like, I can't remember that far back. It's all right. <laughs> but for a lot of us, we can remember, and I was like, freshman year. Freshman year, I was pumped for senior year. And so I wanted to get to that moment. I didn't care about any moment in between. I wanted to get to the, to the pinnacle moment. When we got engaged, oh, you know I wanted to get to the pinnacle moment, right? Forget the engagement, let's get there. Come on, stay with me, people. <laughs> so you're like, what moment is he talking about? I will let you decide. <laughs> Some of you will not listen to the rest of the message, and that's all right. We're taking a poll. You decide. <laughs> I wanted the engagement to be done because we just wanted to get there, be married. But how many of you know that there's a moment before the moment? Here's the question. What are you doing with the moment before your moment? See, if Jesus was so concerned about the future, he would have missed Bartimaeus. Think about that. If he was so future-minded, he would have missed the moment before the moment. But thank God. You know Barnabas is excited that Jesus is, is God of the moments and not just the moment. That he's there in the distance in between. Why? Because he was healed. Because Jesus paid attention to the distance in between. And so many of us in life are missing moments because we're so concerned about the moment. We're so concerned about the future that we're missing everything in front of us. And see, God's greatest desire is that we would be present in current moments and trusting for the future. Come on, did you hear that this morning? That he, we would be present in current moment, moments and trusting in the future. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go there in your Bibles. Come on, you getting something out of this this morning? Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25. Many of you know this scripture. For some of you, this is your favorite scripture. 
Watch what it says, Jesus speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Come on, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I love this part. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Then he says it. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows what you need, guys. Come on, church, God knows what we need. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. I love this. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Many of us are worried about tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after tomorrow's tomorrow. And Jesus is simply saying, don't miss the moment before the moment. Come on, don't miss the moment before the moment. See, some of us are asking for the promotion to happen. We're praying, God, come on, give me that promotion. But we haven't been faithful in the position that we're currently in. Can I meddle for a second? <laughs> Right? We're asking him, singles, we're asking him to bring that relationship that we want, but we haven't grown into who he's calling us to be. Oh, now I'm playing with things I can't play with. <laughs> we're asking for that ministry position, but we haven't been faithful with the small things that have been put before us. One of my pastors used to say to me, if you're too small for the toilet, you're too big for the pulpit. That one cut like a knife. <laughs> So I was like, give me a scrub brush. What the Bible's teaching is that what Jesus shows us is that there are moments before the moments. And the question is, how do we handle those moments? What I love about Jesus is that he still saw Bartimaeus. He still saw him. He was still right there and engaged, and instead of rushing off, come on, how many of us rush through life? How many of us are going 80 miles an hour through life when God's simply saying, come on, I need you to go five? One of the guys in the church last week sent me a, an, an article about how we use busy as a badge of honor. We use busy as a badge of honor. And everything that I read in Scripture teaches us to slow the monkey down. Slow down. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, slow down. Come on, slow down. <laughs> slow your roll. Thank you. I like that. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, get even slower. <laughs> Come on, parents. Have we missed moments because we're so focused on the moment? That's my greatest fear right now as a dad is that I miss moments because I'm so focused on a moment and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Oh, I'm guilty of watching other people's moments 
from the comfort of my screen, missing my moments. Come on. And Jesus stops. He stops. When the crowd's pushing him, the crowd's pushing him. Come on, Jesus, we got to get to the final destination. And Jesus stops. Why? Because he has a five mile per hour heart. Jesus has a five mile per hour heart. He wants to be in every single moment. And even to his final destination, he held it up because of Bartimaeus. Because of Bartimaeus. What moments are we missing because we care more about future moments than current moments? What moments are we missing that God's trying to teach us and guide us and strengthen us and equip us now so that when we do get to future moments, we can handle those moments? What moments are we missing? Number two, the second thing we learn from this Bartimaeus story, this moment before the moment, is that design is not found in your destiny, it's found in the details. Design is not found in your destiny, it's found in the details. Let me illustrate it like this. For a lot of us, we believe the if and when model. And that's simply this. If I can get to there, if I can get to when, then I will feel secure. If I can get to when, then I'll step into everything that I'm supposed to step into. If I can get to win, then I will be everything that I'm supposed to be. I will be secure. I will be lacking in fear instead of abundant in fear. I will be whole. I will be this. I will be that. We believe if, when, then. But Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, your destiny is actually seen in the details. Your destiny is seen in the details. Let me prove it to you. Blind man... Bartimaeus uses this term, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David. This term that was used was a declaration of Jesus' messianic destiny. In other words, he was the Messiah, he was the Savior. Many scholars and theologians believe that this is the reason the crowd actually tried to silence Bartimaeus. Because Bartimaeus was speaking to who Jesus was all along, the Messiah, the Savior. So he's shouting, son of David, through the prophecies and through this lineage that was attached to King David and everything that went around with it. These people that were following Jesus, they would have known. The scribes and the Pharisees and the disciples and others, they would have known what he was saying. And this was the problem that they were having. This is the problem that the crowd was having. Jesus had not yet conquered Rome. Jesus was not sitting on a throne. Jesus was not the king over every other king in their mind's eye. So when blind Bartimaeus started shouting, son of David, he was speaking to who Jesus was. But to the crowd, they didn't care because Jesus hadn't done what they wanted him to do. But blind Bartimaeus, although blind, still saw who Jesus was. Why? Because the destiny is not in the, the details are not in the destiny. It's in the distance in between. Your design is not in the destiny, it's in the details in between. Come on, are you tracking with me this morning? And many of us believe that I'll be who God's called me to be when I get there. When I arrive. 
Can I tell you something this morning? Encouraging Church 101, you will never arrive. You will never arrive. None of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. And we're so busy missing, mismanaging the distance in between because we're so busy trying to arrive. Come on. And what are we learning? We're learning that, that your destiny is it's found in the details, not, not the final destination. Let me put it this way. My life does not rise and fall in the grandeur of my messages, but rather the moments of my parenting. My identity is not the sum and total of this church, but rather the discipline of following Jesus day in and day out. You fill in the blanks for your life. My design is not realized when I can amass, but rather by what I can give away. Because at the end of the life, it's, it's all gonna burn up, it's all just dust. Why? Because design is not found in your destiny, it's found in the details. And some of you are missing moments that God wants you to have right now because you're so concerned about arriving where you should be. Some of you are currently not getting involved with serving Jesus how he's calling you to be because you're not perfect, you don't have it all together, your thoughts don't add up, your emotions don't add up, your motives don't add up, but Jesus doesn't care about those things. Look at the disciples! Holy smokes! You had Matthew, a tax collector. In that era, in that moment, he was a modern day thief. He was a klepto. He stole. Then you have Peter, the narcissist, with a little bit of ADD, and a whole lot of energy, which is just a time bomb waiting to happen. We go from, you're the Christ, to chopping off somebody's ear. Peter, then you've got the disciples who argue about who Jesus loves more. John, a self-professed goody two-shoes. These are the disciples, and don't get me started on Judas. Think about this. Jesus knew what Judas was gonna do, and he still kept Judas on his core team for the entire time of ministry. Think about that. That's insanity. And some of us are so busy trying to get all of our stuff together that we're missing what God would have us do right now. Right now. If perfection was what was needed, God would have made you Jesus. But he didn't. He made you Colin. He made you Erica. He made you Lauren. He made you Amanda. And some of us are sitting here struggling with the distance in between because we think that the only way that we can finally engage in what God has for us is to be everything that we believe we're supposed to be. And God's saying, uh-uh. I want you right where you're at in the distance in between. Design is not found in your destiny. It's found in the details. The last one is this, number three. It's never about the crowd. It's always about the one. It's never about the crowd, it's always about the one. I think the reason that Jesus would turn to help blind Barimaeus in his plight is because he understood this truth. It's always been about the one. I really do believe, 
I really do believe that if Jesus were standing here today, he would spend the time necessary to literally zone in on every one of us. I really do. Yes, did Jesus speak to crowds? Absolutely, he spoke to crowds. He fed 5,000. He did those things. But then you watch me always zone in to the one. To the one. And think about that. If it was us, if we knew a party was waiting for us and we were going to ride in on a donkey, a lot of us would be just like rushing to get to that portion of the party. Right? But Jesus focused in on the one. Blind Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy on me. And watch this. The crowd was telling him to be quiet because the crowd was so future-minded that they were going to make sure Jesus was going to miss Bartimaeus. Think about that. So we got, son of we got Bartimaeus over here shouting and screaming, and the rest of the crowd is like, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Jesus is on his way. I mean, we got to get him, we gotta get him to where he needs to get to. And Bartimaeus says, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And they're like, shh. Be quiet. He's got to get to where he's going. Be quiet. See, the crowd will always want you to miss the most important moments. Because the same crowd who was following Jesus in this moment would quickly become the mob. The same crowd that was telling Jesus, come on, we got to get there. The ones that praised him would quickly become the crowd that would convict and crucify him. What does this story show us? How Jesus handled his distance in between was about the one. It was about each and every single one of us sitting here. It was about you. It was about you. It was about you. It was about you. Come on, it was about you. Now, I'm going to step back from the Bible because we can't theologically or biblically prove this. But I really do believe that Jesus fought as long as he did on the cross before he said it was finished because there's this you happening in his head. Think about that. Because they say that your life flashes before your eyes. And you think about all these profound moments and Jesus is on the cross. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Generation after generation after generation. Is it possible if the Bible tells us that God knows literally every single hair upon our head, is it possible that before Jesus utters his last breath and we'll celebrate it in a few days and we'll talk about it, is it possible that he thought of you? Is it possible that he waited to breathe his last breath because you were on his mind? Every single drop of blood shed. Why? Because Jesus was the master of the in-between. He was the master of the in-between. It's never been about the crowd. It's always been about the one. So that we could be about the one. We do what we do around here at the well because Jesus modeled it for us. Go after the one. See, the cross was about the one, each and every single one of us. Our, our lives should never be about the crowd. It should always be about the one. And some of us are like fighting this point right now because you're like, well, I don't stand on stages. I don't see the crowd all the time. I don't do this. Really? 
Last time I checked, Facebook's the crowd. Last time I checked, the workplace is our crowd. Last time I checked, the school is my crowd. You don't have to be behind a pulpit to be in front of a crowd. We all have a crowd. And the question is, is are we about the crowd or are we about the one? We all have a crowd. You don't have to stand on the stage to have a crowd. We have a crowd. The question is, is can we learn from Jesus and how he handled the distance in between? And can we be about the one? Where are you at this morning? Are we missing moments because we're so focused on the moment? And I love this piece of scripture because it brings us up to Palm Sunday. And so many times we just skip over, we gloss over it to get to the triumphant entry. It's interesting that we skip this moment so we can get to the moment. But if we could just focus on this moment, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops, says, bring him to me. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him on the way. Bartimaeus didn't let his moment dictate the rest of his moments. He continued to follow Jesus until the end. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you stand to your feet?